Taming the beast isn't easy, but the bigger your electronics, the more you have on the line. In conditions like this, you need the KVD Kong Extreme Electronics Mount. The only electronics mount designed and built to be rock solid. No movement, no matter how heavy your gear. A marine-grade mount for fresh or salt water that's monstrously strong. The KVD Kong Extreme Electronics. Your boat faster and holds it more securely than power pole shallow water anchors. Some folks hear power pole and think, oh man, I can't afford that. But did you know you can get the 8-foot power pole Sportsman 2 hydraulic anchor now with Sea Monster 2.0 pump and heavy-duty hydraulic hose for just $1,295? It's got all the features power pole anchors are famous for, and a single Sportsman 2 will hold a bass boat up to 4,500 pounds. Go check it out at power-pole.com to find a dealer near you. Power Pole. Swift. Silent. Secure. Outrageous Outdoors is quickly becoming the industry leader in tournament fishing apparel. There's no better way to represent your sponsors than with a Rages jersey. At Rages, you can get a short sleeve, long sleeve, sweatpants, the best prices in the industry. Rages also offers club and team discounts, special high school and college prices. Our website is easy to navigate, and Rages' staff will make the process quick and easy for you. Rages Outdoors, offering high-quality tournament apparel for the weekend angler. Outfit yourself from head to toe. Check out Rages online at www.rages.com. Hello. Back to Stray Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television. I'm your host, Pat Renwick. Uh, right now, we are super excited to have uh, from the road, the road warrior himself, Elite Series champion, ladies and gentlemen, Ish Monroe. Yes. Let's give it up for Ish. What's going on, guys? What's going on, dude? How are you? Good. How about yourself? Good, man. We're just doing a bass fishing talk show, you know. Just hanging out. With no, big deal. no big deal. No big deal. No big deal. You know, just, just yeah. chilling. What are, what are you doing? Driving. Dri- you do a lot of that, don't you? Yeah, professional professional truck driver, part-time bass fisherman. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> hey, um, Ish, dude, congratulations, man, on the, on the win Thank on the you. Mighty Thank Miss. You. Freaking awesome, dude. Yeah, it was a fun, fun, fun tournament. I mean, you can catch over 100 bass in the course of four days i mean i've both probably caught close to 200 or more actually that was just a phenomenal week on a frog too on a frog in- all on a, yeah, all on a frog. Yeah, <laughs> tough, tough times for me. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> Probably the most exciting Bass Live I've seen. Yeah, yeah 100% it was, awesome. it was. I think, I mean, everybody's, see, everybody's seen the Derby. Everybody knows the results. But what they might not know about you, Ish, is something I want to reveal to the world right now. Oh, uh-oh. Okay. Uh-oh. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what I really want, I know you used to be a salesman. You used to, you used to sell cars and and, and you used to sell boats. So I'm a salesman, salesman, my two, in myself, my tambien, as they would say in Espanol. Yes. I'm also a salesman. We're all salesmen in the bass fishing industry. There's no doubt about it. Pretty much. Yeah. So I want to learn from you. Your closing line. What's your closing line when you were a car salesman? What was the what was the deal closer? What was your go to ish? What else do you need? <laughs> what else do you need? <laughs> it it was kind of one of those things where, you know, you ask them the question like, what else? Like, I've given you the vehicle you want, I've given you the rate that you want, I've given you, you know, everything that you want, what else do you need? 
What else do you mean? I like mean? that. That's, that's amazing. Could that, yeah. could that pertain to aspiring anglers to procuring sponsorships? No. 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 It can't. <laughs> no. It just doesn't work in the industry no. like that anymore. No. No. The word for aspiring anglers when it comes to sponsorship is how can I sell you more products? How can I sell you more products? What can I do for you? Exactly. That's exactly it. That's that is the that's the closing. That's almost line. a question you should but, be asking but even, yourself. But even better, but even better than asking them the question, how about you tell them and prove it? Right. Let me show you. Yes. There. Strong advice. Yeah. Strong advice really from now professional yes. bass fisherman, former car salesman. And, yep. and and quite a successful bass fisherman, man. Yeah, I mean, come on, yeah, dude. You, gotta, you do have to catch them. You do have to catch them. And you do have to catch them. And you do catch them. I mean, uh, let, yes. let's let's break it down here, ish. Okay, let's break it down. Five wins, right? You got five wins, don't you? I've got I've got I've got all the time you guys need. Okay. <laughs> no, you got five wins. I said right. Oh, five wins. Yeah. Yes. Not five minutes. No, we well, this this is not, a forty-seven minute interview. So I hope you got uh, okay. <laughs> no. Well, it's five. It's five wins on the Bass Elite Tour, and four wins on FLW between Costas and National Guards. There you go. Nice. And Success. Before that, I was a hammer at home. You know, Federations, Redman. I mean. It just you you have to be a hammer at home before you can come on tour. Yep, hundred percent. You got to basically win everything, don't you? Or come pretty close to it. Pretty much. I mean, I can say that the last ten tournaments that I fished at home, I won three of them, okay. and I finished in the top. I finished in the top ten the rest of the time. Because if you are not used to winning. When it comes time to get to the elite series or the upper echelon of bass fishing, whatever whatever uh, tour it may be, you're going to get your ass handed to you. Oh, they're going to these dudes will eat you up, spit you out, and not look back at you. It's, you're talking about Greg Hackney, Kevin Van Dam, Gerald Swindle, Mike Iaconelli, John Cruz. These guys give you no slack. They give you no love. It, it, it's and and it can be intimidating. Who's the most intimidating angler to you on the tour right now? Honestly, Hackney, Hackney, because he's so quiet and he gives you that little smirk grin when he's catching them, which is pretty much most of the time. Yeah, and he's actually slit the throat unconfirmed of thirty-seven Bigfoots. So yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and so you know. And then you got Van Dam, who I mean, you know the guy's going to catch him. Yeah, there is. And when you know he's going to catch him, you have to catch him better, and it's hard to do against a guy like that. But the reason I asked you that is, I got a method to my madness. Okay, it might not always make sense, but at that Mississippi River tournament, do you realize you were an angler? That people had their eye on and were intimidated by going into the event. Do you realize that about you? It, it's funny you say that because I do realize it, 
but it's on a fishery that honestly I call it one of my nemesis. I have about three or four nemesis lakes across the country. And that's one of them. And then the other two are the next two events that we're getting ready to have. These are places where I'm supposed to catch them, but something happens. Okay. Upper Mississippi, Upper Mississippi, every single practice I've had, I've felt like I was going to win the tournament. And I've only cast one check out of three previous events, and that was in the 30s. Right. So that's why I called it my nemesis. So when people say, yeah, you know, you're the guy that everybody's worried about, I'm like, on that place, it wasn't, it wasn't that way. Everything happened right at that event for me to win that event. Yeah, it's set up. Uh, it obviously set up. But I. So are you telling me that – because of your past experiences there that going into that derby you didn't even feel you didn't feel confident at all i was confident that i was going to find the fish to do well but every single time something has happened so the last time we were there before this previous time i found the winning fish i went back and told my roommates ike and john that this one's over like I didn't even sleep that night. Wow. We got 10 inches of rain that night. So it took everything that I had and turned it to mud. Well, the dumb part of me was I tried to make those fish happen, even though the conditions changed drastically. But I didn't go searching for those fish. So this time, I went back to that same area, found those same fish, but I went looking for where those fish were going to if that same thing happened, and I found it. Nice. A little preventative medicine. Yeah, but the great part about that was nobody else had even fished that area because it was so shallow in practice. So for three days of the event, I had it all to myself. And the only reason I didn't have it all to myself the first day is because I didn't even go there. Gotcha. (laughs) You were just waiting for the water to come up. Well, I went to what I called my starting spot to go put a lemon in the boat, and I got stuck on a sandbar. Uh Uh-oh. Trying to get there. And so by the time it was all said and done, I just put my trolling motor down, and I was tired, and I just said, screw it, I'm going to fish my way to my starting spot, and I just ran into a wad of fish. So then day two, I said, you know, I'm going to go to my big fish spot to start there, and then if I need to go catch limit fish, I can run back to my starting spot, and I just never made it back there. And lo and behold. behold. I'm sorry? (laughs) I said, and lo and behold, look at the turnout right there. Exactly. And and you you want it – I mean, a lot of people are like, okay, yeah, Ish was throwing a frog, which you are amazing at. You've, your name has actually become synonymous with frog fishing. But you were right. actually flipping a frog, flipping a frog. Yes. Not a lot of well, people do that. Was, well, what it was is, is there was these little patches of duckweed. And when I say patches, we're talking like plate-sized patches of duckweed. Mm-hmm. And the fish... I tried to flip those 
duckweeds with the regular uh, D-bomb, which is what I would normally do, and the fish weren't eating it. So then I just started flipping and pitching a frog to those same spots, and they wanted to eat off the top of the mat. Gotcha. So when they tell you what they want, there's no reason to do anything else. You better listen. Now, were these patches of uh, these patches of duckweed? Were they pat- little patches like that because they were collecting on some grass, some submer- or emergent grass around it? Is that how no, you were finding were, that? No, they were pushed. They were pushed into little pockets of reeds. Is okay. what was going on? Okay. And that that was the money. Sounds See, awesome. You, you kind of that was the money. That that was a deal right there. <laughs> so that I, was that was one of the deals. There was multiple deals. I actually found a pond that there was no water in in practice or no water i'm sorry no water to get to the pond mm-hmm. but there was water in the pond but i couldn't get there and then in the tournament i could get in there and it was just loaded full of fish oh wow do you that's awesome so do you think those were those were resident fish in that pond or were there fish moving yeah. into the pond no, I, those were resident fish. Those were resident fish, and there was fish moving into the pond. So it was it was like double. It was a double dipping going on right there. You took somebody's fish out of their farm pond. Sold <laughs> <laughs> yeah. their fish. Pretty, pretty much. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Nothing wrong. No, with that. not at all. So when you're fishing a river system like that, and the and the water does come up, let's take the whole the whole hidden pond thing out of the equation. But how quickly do bass? move into those areas that were once dry land in your opinion how quickly does that they transition follow, they, follow, they, they follow it they, they follow the water like like i literally watched the fish swimming into the area that i was fishing really hmm. you could see them you know there was the, the water was really really clean where i was fishing and you're watching fish filter into there during practice those fish weren't in there because i would have been able to see them Plus, it was really, really shallow. There was a few fish already in that area, but as the tournament went on and that water got higher and higher, more and more fish, I could see them swimming in there. Because I went, I went into that area, I got seven bites, and I fished the whole thing and got seven bites. When I went in there during the tournament, I fished the whole thing again in one pass and got 50 bites on the first day. Wow. So do you feel that that just applies to the the theory that a bass is a bass is a bass? They're going to do it regardless of the situation, whether it's a river, whether it's a lake. Um, as long as that water rises, they're going with it? Yes. They're following it. They're going to follow it until it stops. <laughs> now, the is best that... thing for you in flood conditions is find a hard line to where they can't go any further. Okay, gotcha. Is it is it is it the kind of situation where like if if the fish are wanting to be in two feet of water, and then the water rises, you just need to follow two feet of water. I mean, is that no, just what they, they want to be around? Without, they just what it is is for them. It's always new water. Bass are curious. You know, it, it's it's one of those things where you're you're kind of following a trail back to a spot and all of a sudden it just keeps going, well, you're going to keep going with it. Okay. And the bass are that way. For them, is, is they could be in five feet of water, and all of a sudden that water comes up a foot and gives them new water. They're going to go explore that. Okay. Gotcha. But, but they're also going to find new things to eat. 
because all of a sudden now gopher holes are getting filled in, birds or nests are getting flooded, you know, everything's getting flooded now, so there's just new stuff in the water for them to eat, and they're just going to eat. Yeah, night crawlers are getting washed out. Exactly. And then the li- like you guys had on the Mississippi, the the little frogs. I mean, you, you know, it's, yeah, that's nuts. You don't you don't see that too often. I had I had I had I had three different things going on. We had the frogs that were on the duckweed. We had the uh, mayfly hatch that was going on underneath the duckweed. <laughs> and then there were the blackbirds that were nesting around the reeds and the duckweed. Cliff Crochet found feathers in his live well. I saw that. Wow. <laughs> and That's so awesome. that tells you that they were also eating those blackbirds that were flying around there as well. See, Aaron was right the whole time, wasn't he? Aaron, 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 Aaron's a very special individual. They were not eating those birds at that place Aaron just found the glory hole <laughs> but but in his mind they were that's all that matters in, in, yeah in, in his mind that's why that that's what makes Aaron so good is that he believes more than anybody and everybody else out there he believes he's a true believer yeah and Aaron told yeah. me that actually Jim Morrison is still alive and he's the one that put him on those fish that that sounds about right for Aaron yeah it, it's a true story yeah, I just that's made just, up. I believe it. So, 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 so the next thing you can say for me is, I believe Biggie and Tupac put me on those fish. <laughs> yes. we're gonna take that. Yes, I love that. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> you're on your way to uh, in your travels on the way to uh, Chesapeake. So, what are you doing Effort, before yeah, that? Um, traveling the whole time. Gotcha. I've got uh, Ike's, Ike's charity tournament on Saturday, and. It's just, it's a long haul. You know, I left California day before yesterday, and I'm just in the middle of the country right now. Driving and driving. Oof. What's your new jam? What keeps you going right now? Oh, God, there's uh, i I'm listening to a lot of old school. I've got um, oh, the XM, what's it, Rock the Bells Radio, LL's new station. Nice. And it is like. All the old school hip hop that's that's got me going right now. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> XM is amazing. I, I don't know what I could yeah. do without it. Before it, yeah, before it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I used to carry used to used to carry used to carry like fifty CDs with me. Yeah, it was so cumbersome. Like cassette tapes, and they thought texting and yeah. driving was dangerous. What about searching for CDs? Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah, because there's always that one song that you want to listen to, and then you can never find it. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, fast forwarding to the next song. Yeah, eight tracks, cassettes. I got them all. I, I had that fancy cassette tape deck that would transfer to the okay, next song with eight, a push. Eight, eight, tra- eight, eight, eight tracks. You guys are dating yourself. I'm, I'm, I said CDs. <laughs> well, I had a I had a Victrola in my first uh, station wagon. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> He actually had a turntable on the back of his Gremlin. I got two turntables and a microphone. <laughs> I know know you're traveling. I just want to say thank you for coming on this show again. And congratulations, man, on another victory, dude. Thanks, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. We'll have to have you on when we can Skype and play some games next time. For for sure. All right, dude. Safe travels. We will see you soon, man. Thanks, guys. Later. Ladies and gentlemen, Ish Monroe right there, the champion. We're going to bring another champion on. Another what do you champion. say? Let's keep the whole thing going. Night uh, of too many stars. It's the night of too many stars. It's like our Christmas <laughs> show again, all over. Hey, put the power poles down when we get back. It's the Jersey Devil.
Coming to you live from his home base, the planet Lovetron. Hello, everybody. I'm Bill Dance. No, just kidding. This is Pat. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to StrayCast on iTunes and leave a review. Tell us what you think. Any feedback is greatly appreciated. Thanks for listening. Peace!